Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 830 on Friday, August 28th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, the Republican National Convention comes to a close as Donald Trump accepts the party's nomination. We examine a splintered party's direction under the current president. Then today marks the anniversary of Emmett Till's death. How has his example shaped race relations in the decades since? Plus, studies suggest black women are three times more likely to die during pregnancy. What one health group is doing in the Delta to address this alarming rate. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. It was a nomination acceptance speech unlike any before. In an adorned rose garden complete with Trump, Pence, campaign signs and slogans, Donald Trump officially accepted the Republican Party's nomination for re-election. The decision to hold this and other convention speeches on the grounds of the White House has brought condemnation from some, including a former director of the U.S. Office of Government Ethics. The White House has traditionally been viewed as off-limits for partisan events and messaging, and its use as a decorative backdrop for the pageantry of the party's political convention is sparking ethical questions. Still, many members of the GOP are throwing their support behind President Trump, touting his record on the economy as a signature policy issue. Lucian Smith is chair of the Mississippi Republican Party. He tells our Desiree Frazier the convention has served to present voters a contrast of ideas. I think the challenge that the Republican Party has between now and November 3rd is to frame this election up. And historically, if elections are about policy, Republicans win. I and mean, people want the sort of conservative policy that comes out of Republican governments at every level. And so if we make this election about lower taxes, growing the economy, law and order, all things on which um, the general public rightfully trusts Republicans on, um, if, if we're able to frame it up as a policy election, Republicans will be successful. We also heard from Senator Tim Scott, as well as other African-American males who have talked about their support for the president and allegations that he is a racist aren't so. Look, the, the Democrats don't want to talk about policy, and this has been a tactic that, that the Democratic Party has used for most of my life. Rather than engaging on policy about taxes, school choice, whatever you, you want to choose, they want to label the other side as somehow evil. Um, and I think that that's exactly what they have attempted to do, and they're going to continue to do uh, with the president. Uh, and so I think it was a smart decision that was also very organic to have uh, the president's not insignificant number of African-American supporters 
uh, highlights of a lot of them at the convention. And in the midst of this, you have a shooting of Jacob Blake by officers in Wisconsin uh, that has generated protests. He was shot seven times and is now paralyzed. Um, that issue really hasn't been uh, addressed in the overall um, convention to much of an extent. We've got the hurricane and we've got sports teams that are refusing to play in protests to ongoing assaults on African-American males by police officers. Well, I, I don't think that having a law and order message somehow uh, supports inappropriate uh, violence by law enforcement. I mean, I, I think uh, we certainly can have a conversation about policing. I think Tim Scott in the Senate, uh, the, the lone African-American Republican uh, in the U.S. Senate, has been a leader uh, on that topic and has had very candid conversations about it. Uh, and I think it's a conversation that we certainly continue to need to have. I mean, it, it is a fundamental truth that African-Americans experience life in this country differently uh, than, than white folks do. And so I think that's a conversation that's worth having. But I think you can have that conversation while still acknowledging uh, that, that law and order is something that people of every color, of every background, uh, want to have. I want to talk about uh, the president speaking to the American public You've had opportunities to hear him over the course of this convention. Your thoughts on his messaging? Well, I, I think the president has done a good job uh, of framing up the contrast between the two parties. Um, I think it's always advantageous um, when he has long periods of uninterrupted uh, talking. You know, the president's very unscripted, uh, and that is certainly part of his appeal to uh, to a lot of uh, Trump supporters. Uh, and so I think uh, it provides a great opportunity for him to speak directly to the American people and make the case on why uh, he and the Republican Party uh, are, are the right folks to govern our country for the next four years. Lucian Smith is the chair of the Mississippi GOP. The four-day convention featured a live naturalization ceremony and a presidential pardon. Live speeches and taped messages portrayed Trump as the leader who can restore the nation's economy, not Joe Biden. Republican strategist Henry Barber, who was in Charlotte Monday, says the convention gave the nation a chance to see the everyday people that make up the GOP. I think it's been encouraging to, to see just so many regular Americans speaking about why they think President Trump should be reelected. Re and I think they have made a clear case that there is a real policy differences in the direction that the president is going and that the direction that Joe Biden would take the country. And so I'm, I feel good about those contrasts. And I, I was, I was in Charlotte uh, when the convention kicked off. Yeah, there was a lot of enthusiasm and excitement uh, amongst all the delegates from around the country. In this convention, we're seeing some things done that have never been done before. For instance, the naturalization ceremony and the president giving his acceptance speech at the White House. Right. Your, your thoughts on this change in usually how conventions are done? Well, it's just like, you know, we it's in the middle of a pandemic. And so things are different. And, you know, Democratic convention was certainly very different. And the Republican convention is also uh, different. Um, you know, I think going to Fort McHenry was great. 
Uh, it's a great place. Um, and I think, you know, the president doing this from the White House is, is 100% fine. I think people who try to make an issue of a president making political remarks from the White House, that's, that's been happening ever since the White House has been there. Um, and it never before a convention speech, but we've never had a pandemic in the middle of a convention. Anything stand out to you that you'd like to share about the convention? I, I think one of the contrasts is that on the Republican side, we've had a lot of everyday Americans from all around the country, the heartland of the country. And I think the Democrats have really gone to sort of the celebrities of, of Washington, D.C., and sort of the inside baseball group. And it's just a funny thing, um, uh, a funny contrast in, in that. Um, and I think people see that. And I think, and I think it's what you, what I would expect from President Trump is, you know, it's more of an outsider approach. Um, so I think that's one interesting observation. Henry Barber, Republican strategist, we really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Thank you for your insights and your observations. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much. But the 2016 nomination and consequential presidency of Donald Trump has caused some splintering in the Republican Party. A handful of prominent party members have been outspoken against the president, especially his temperament. Perhaps no group more than the Lincoln Project, whose membership includes Mississippian and Republican campaign strategist Stuart Stevens. The Republican Party has completely collapsed as any sort of principled governing philosophy. Um, and the fact that uh, there is literally no policy except Trump ad- adherence to whatever Donald Trump were, wants uh, proves it. Uh, the closest thing I can compare it to is the collapse of communism in the Soviet Union. But it, it's, it's a disgrace. I mean, you have a party that once, not too long ago, we considered ourselves the party of big ideas that we were going to defeat communism, that we were going to believe in individual freedom, that we were going to support personal responsibility, big, important ideas. And now it's just about supporting Donald Trump and his family. It's a disgrace. Do you think that Republicans, uh, members of Congress, are supporting Donald Trump simply so they will get reelected, that they're afraid going against him would have them lose their seats? You know, I've helped elect Republicans in over half the country. I've never had a conversation with a Republican where office holder who thought that Donald Trump was qualified to be president. Never. So it's, it is the most bizarre situation in which they are going along with someone whom they know uh, is not qualified to be president. Now, why does that happen? Well, it happens because they've convinced themselves that some piece of legislation they could get or some staying in power was more important than opposing Donald Trump. Why wouldn't it be better to stand for something, and if that means you lose a primary, so what? You're going to, you lost fighting for something. And it's, it's a very un-American, cowardly approach they've taken that I think will be looked back on in history with utter uh, disgust. It should surprise no one that you are a part of the Lincoln Project. You've had some pretty strong ads against Donald Trump. How many are you? How, 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 do, how does all this work? Those of us who've worked in the party and are against Trump, we really have three choices. 
we could either, well, we could be for Trump, which, okay, that's not going to happen, or we could do nothing, or we could take the skills that we have and try to use them to beat Trump. But it has become a, a movement that has attracted uh, tremendous support. And it, it's very humbling, and I think it just shows the great desire and need the country has uh, for decency. And that's how we really look at it. I mean, I spent 30 years pointing out flaws in Democrats. I, I don't need to prove anything. If decency is not a basic American value, nothing else matters. Joe Biden is a decent human being. He's a good man. Not a perfect man. He's a good man. Donald Trump is a bad man. He's a cruel, selfish uh, person who treats others with a lack of respect. I think that's a terrible uh, role model to have in the country. Stuart Stevens is a Jackson native and political strategist who helped Haley Barber, Thad Cochran, and Roger Wicker get elected. Coming up, today marks the anniversary of Emmett Till's death. How has his example shaped race relations in the decades since? This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. If you're a parent on the go, but still want to stay informed about your children's education, subscribe to Mississippi Education Connections podcast and listen on the go anytime, anywhere on your favorite podcast app. Hey, this is Malcolm White. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour, the arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week we talk with visual artists, musicians, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. This is Mississippi Edition. I'm Karen Brown. 65 years ago today, a young black boy visiting from Chicago was brutally murdered in the Mississippi Delta for allegedly flirting with a white woman. His death galvanized the civil rights movement, a movement often defined by the March on Washington exactly eight years following his murder. For some, Till now serves as a modern-day symbol for injustice against African Americans nationwide. Jerry Mitchell, author and founder of the Mississippi Center for Investigative Reporting, tells our Ashley Norwood would tail has become a modern day symbol for injustice to American to African Americans throughout the Black Lives Matter movement. Well, I think what a lot of people don't realize is the importance of Emmett Till in terms of the modern civil rights movement. He really his death really propelled the modern civil rights movement. 4 days before Rosa Parks boarded a Montgomery, Alabama bus and refused to give up her seat, which we all know that. But four days before that, Dr. T.R.M. Howard, who was a very well-known civil rights leader in Mississippi in 1955 and who had been involved in that case, uh, came to Montgomery and spoke at the Dexter Avenue Baptist Church and Rosa Parks heard him speak and got on that bus and then later said the whole time she had been thinking about Emmett Till. So those are the kinds of things that a lot of people don't realize about the importance of Emmett Till in terms of our history 
uh, he really propelled the civil rights movement forward. But what's happened ever since, we kind of probably began with Eyes on the Prize uh, in the 80s, and then more recently with Black Lives Matter, um, Emmett Till has become a symbol of injustice to African Americans. So when there's a protest for, um, you know, Trayvon Martin, you know, there's Emmett Till, you know, drawing or picture beside him. Or if there George Floyd protests, for example, there's a picture or drawing of Emmett Till or Emmett Till's name on signs right next to George Floyd. So it's a, it's really this whole legacy of injustices to African Americans, which of course we, we know well here in Mississippi. It's been a long history of that in the United States period, really. You know, you hear people say Mississippi, more than any other state, struggles to reckon with its history of racial injustice and violence and oppression. Thoughts on that? Mississippi has struggled with coming to terms with its past. I think one of the main problems I see is not just Mississippi, but really this whole country in terms of its racist past is we don't know our history. We just don't know our history. And so when we don't know our history, we repeat it. And that's what it feels like right now. The Emmett Till Legacy Foundation and Emmett Till Family for Justice are hosting events throughout the state this weekend. Marquise Hunt is an ambassador for the foundation. With everything that has happened since the death of Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and most recently with the attempted murder of uh, Jacob Blake in Wisconsin, that we have to continue to show up and be present um, in not only the discussions, but to make sure that we are um, at the forefront of policy and that we are making the, uh, or really trying to present amicable solutions to the issues that are often uh, plaguing our community. And one of those things is police violence. Um, and when we are seeing that violence in our communities um, by those individuals who I often refer to are employees of the government um, and are continuing to not be punished for their wrongdoing, um, that, that shows us that uh, what happened to Emmett Till 65 years ago um, is still happening today, and it, and it just looks a little bit different. Um, and, and so we, we've got so much work to do. You know, when we hear um, the story of Emmett Till, we know that it did galvanize the civil rights movement. And yeah. you look at what's happening today with the Black Lives Matter movement, there's a question of comparison um, and, and the importance of his life and his legacy today. Right. Any last words you, you would like Mississippians to hear or anything that you think Mississippians should know about his life, death and legacy and as it compares to today? I think one of the things that we can make note of is, for some reason, our justice system uh, has protected white supremacy and racism. And I think that it's our responsibility to continue to educate folks about what's really happening, because there's so many stories that are being told about, you know, what happened to, to Emmett Till or even to try and justify the actions that were committed against uh, black and brown folks in our communities. We, we saw that with 
uh, Trayvon Martin when they, you know, tried to say that he shouldn't have been walking through the neighborhood because it wasn't his. And so I think that it's important for us to make sure that we're really engaged in what's going on. And so uh, I think education is the most important thing. And then, two, just really figuring out ways how to get involved. And I think, lastly, uh, that, that number one way is to make sure that we are voting and that we're showing up to the polls in November, um, not only for the presidential election, but for our local uh, elections as well, whether that be city council, school board, um, and then moving on up because w politics are local, and we have heard that saying for a very long time. So we've got to make sure that we really understand what what the system looks like and what role we play in it to make sure that uh, we are not waiting 65 years later for justice for someone else. Marquise Hunt, an ambassador with the Emmett Till Legacy Foundation. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Ashley. Coming up, studies suggest black women are three times more likely to die during pregnancy. What One Health Group is doing in the Delta to address this alarming rate. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are a You Could Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freaked me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. As COVID rages on, the inequities that contribute to black mothers being three times more likely to die during pregnancy compared to white women are exacerbated further, especially in communities like Sunflower County, which experiences one of the highest per capita rates of COVID in the country. Through the Build Health Challenge, a partnership has stepped up to provide families with information, resources, and support to help them navigate pregnancy and motherhood during COVID. Melanie Williams is the program manager for the Delta Health Alliance. It's a collaboration with several funders to provide uh, communities with uh, uh, support to develop bold upstream integrated approaches to uh, addressing a social issue or a social problem in their community. And for our project, we are addressing uh, breastfeeding in the community and how to better build support for women in Sunflower County to breastfeed. All right. I want to get to the staggering statistic that black women are three times more likely to die during pregnancy compared to white women. Is that in Mississippi? Is that around the country? Uh, around the country and in Mississippi, too. Uh, of course, you know, Mississippi, uh, we have uh, a tremendous challenges with uh, health issues related to chronic illness and diabetes and high blood pressure and all those things. Uh, can certainly have an impact on a woman's health, particularly during that uh, uh, perinatal period. So I would uh, think that that statistic would apply for Mississippi as well as the nation. Why is the effort in Sunflower County? Uh, well, you know, um, Sunflower County uh, is at the center of a lot of the most um, alarming statistics related to uh, poverty and education and uh, resources available to uh, families in the Delta. And so we've uh, been able to do a lot of work in the community to help raise awareness around breastfeeding. And, and as you said, breastfeeding, is why is that an issue? Are mothers reticent to breastfeed? 
Well, when we talk about health disparities, I mean, breastfeeding is a great way to address that health disparity because uh, we know that breast milk is the best uh, milk for a child, the most effective nutrition for an infant when they're born. And so by giving a child a, a healthy start and a good nutritious start and a good and protection from all those um, things that can help uh, keep it, make a child sick, uh, then that would be, uh, you know, the the best choice. Melanie, will you be expanding into other counties of the Delta? Well, uh, we already serve uh, a number of counties with our home visiting uh, efforts across the Delta, and we're always looking for opportunities to serve more families. Uh, we are expanding some efforts down into the southern part of the state with a, a, a healthy pregnancy program that's uh, directed, that's uh, aimed at serving uh, Medicaid-eligible women with uh, services to prevent preterm births, and then we have some other home visiting uh, efforts that go on, on up in the Delta and Yazoo, Holmes, Humphreys, LaSore counties, and uh, other counties. Is there somewhere people can find out more about the Delta Health Alliance and the work you're doing? You can uh, visit our website at uh, deltahealthalliance.org, and that can bring you up to date with all the latest information about our organization. Sounds like you're doing a lot. Melanie Williams is the program manager for the Delta Health Alliance. Thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.